This is Amstigator, a podcast that amplifies the voices of instigators, making change and taking names. Most episodes are my interviews with incredible guests, but you've now clicked on what I'm lovingly calling a spin-off mini-series of solo episodes with me, your host, Lauren Lowry. Each one of these features two words that will change your life. So let's get started. I had to get a blood draw recently for an annual doctor's appointment. I was early to the appointment. I waited for them to call my name. I was so studious. Really, really proud of myself, truly, uh, for being on time because it just doesn't happen all the time. It is a big deal to get the kids out the door. No tears. Lunch is made. And really everything. So I'm like really slaying this adult thing that day. And I'm sitting there. They call my name. I go to the lab room where they draw blood. And I'm just talking to this lady. And she's telling me about her grandson, this gorgeous boy I see pictures of on the wall. I roll up my sleeve. Everything's great. And then she puts the rubber band tourniquet on my arm. And then everything changed. Suddenly, the room goes silent. I'm flooded with fear, anxiety, pain, anger, despair, you name it. It was a freight train coming down the tracks, and I couldn't stop it. She sticks the needle in my arm, and I'm about to lose my freaking mind. You guys, I was experiencing my first ever real deal mamma trauma trigger, and it was intense. There was absolutely nothing I could do. I was not in control. My body took over, and I was about to be a pancake on the tracks. The lady finished the blood draw real quickly, and she was like, okay, babe, you're all done. I was like, oh, yeah, okay, bye. I practically ran out of the building, and then the floodgates opened before I even got to the car. You guys, I sat in my car, and I just wailed. There were sounds coming out of me that I had never heard. My windows aren't tinted, so people saw me. I mean, I was full-on weeping like someone had just died. And I went on like that in my front seat for a full five minutes. And I was like, oh my God, when is this going to end? And when the tears finally stopped, I started to shake and I felt completely spent. I was a zombie, truly. That completely unexpected trigger took my body back to my hospitalizations in August of 2022. That was the last time nearly 10 months before that I had had a blood draw. And it was the first time I'd felt the tourniquet on my arm, made a fist, braced for impact. I didn't remember, but my body did. And in that moment, I realized for the rest of my life, anytime I have a blood draw, I'll have to face one of the scariest chapters in my life. Now, if you listen to this podcast, you know how frequently my hospitalizations come up in my episodes. I have done so much therapy and energy work and yoga and meditation and breath work, all of it, all around healing the wounds of that time. In many areas, it's now just a scar and a story. But with that blood draw, I found a hallway of pain that was yet unexplored. You know, pain doesn't go away. It just blends with you over time. Every time you share it, you get better and better at sharing the story until one day it doesn't bring you to tears. My pain is medical, but maybe yours deals with loss, loss of a relationship, loss of someone you love. Maybe it's shame. Whatever the source of your pain, when you leave it unhealed, it will always show itself on the calendar, in cologne, on street corners, or in the prick of a needle. And when there are tears, That's when you know something is still stored in your body that needs to be healed. So take a moment and hold in your mind that thing that's causing you pain. 
And now ask yourself, what's that pain trying to tell me? You know, after we experience pain, we spend our lives trying to return to status quo. We try to get back to who we were before that pain. But we have to realize we've changed. We were literally changed by the pain. Pain and trauma force you to question everything. It forces you to realize what felt good is gone, and you have to face it. Blood draws weren't terrifying for me. Now they are, and I have to face it. So if we're constantly changing but then simultaneously fighting the change, that's how we get stuck. We're trying to live our lives as the person we were and not realizing we've become someone new, someone who's learning to live with pain. There's been a lot of research done around understanding emotional and psychological trauma. We used to think it only happened to soldiers in combat. But trauma happens in more situations than you might even realize. I put a link to understanding PTSD in the show notes, just so you know. Now, one of the most effective ways to work through pain is to talk about it. And in the research, it's called CBT, cognitive-based therapy. I totally get that it's easier to avoid talking about it. Avoid the people and the places and the things that remind you of that hard, painful thing. It makes you feel safe for a moment when you avoid But in the long run, research points to it making you more fearful. There's actually an antidote for your avoidance, FYI. It's to gradually face that thing that you're so afraid of. This goes for your thoughts, too. Avoiding thinking of something like a memory, for example, will only make the impact of its intrusion greater, and you'll become less and less able to cope with it. When you deliberately face that thing, the memory, the place, the story, it becomes less and less likely to pop into your awareness uninvited. There's actually a name for revisiting a a hard, painful memory. It's called imaginal exposure, and it involves you telling the story of what happened either out loud or in writing. And I can tell you from my own experience, the more you share about your pain, the more you heal. Because pain draws a line in the sand. It forces you to confront your self-concept and only bring forward what's still true. But until then, everything's up for review. It requires you to be unafraid. And this is a powerful point about the foundations of authenticity because if you don't face it, if you don't look the trauma or the pain dead in the eyes, you are not living authentically because authentically says, I pay attention to everything about me. And without that inner confrontation, you're only authentic to your facade and to your dysfunction. Now, I'm someone who loves knowing the roots of words and expressions. I was doing some intuitive Googling, trying to figure out when did we start saying face it or let's face it. And I found something that I have no idea whether it's true or not, but it sounds really good, so I'm going to share it with you. Our expression face it goes back to the days of the Spartans. It's documented that most men were trained to be warriors, and when they died in battle, they were carried face up on their shields. They were paraded through the streets to show everyone they met their death face to face because their wounds were on the front of their body. Again, I like this story, so I'm going to use it. That's what it means to face something. As kids, we face the monsters we think are under the bed. And as we get older, our fears become more complicated. Fear is a basic human emotion. It's normal to feel fear. But we have to condition our body to not go into fight or flight when we come into contact with that painful or traumatic memory. Here's another recent example of me facing something that was really hard. I had a super unhealthy habit of putting the kids to bed and then opening up my laptop to start another round of work at nine o'clock at night. I would work until midnight often just to get it all done. And then I'd be up super early the next morning to do it all again. 
I did 18 and 19 hour days for two full years and it about damn near killed me. So three months ago, I had to face that final vestige of my need for productivity. I took my most unhealthy habit and decided to put it to bed once and for all. And instead of opening up my laptop at night after I put the kids down, I now meditate for at least an hour every night in the bath. I faced my fear of not getting everything done. And I said, what if I do nothing? And in the nothingness, I found an entirely different world because now I feel like a different person. I talk about this at length in episode 56, so you can catch up there. But I faced it. I faced my most unhealthy habit and replaced it with something research shows us over and over is the best thing we can do for our brains and our body. So let's talk through how you can go about facing it. What's something you just won't seem to deal with? Step one, don't judge yourself for not dealing with it. Your judgment makes nothing better, okay? It actually makes things worse. Step two, you can just breathe like really, really deeply from your belly. And when we do that, it activates our parasympathetic nervous system, which is responsible for rest, sleeping, and just all out enjoying life. So it's good to activate parasympathetic. It helps you calm down and think more clearly and think from that place, like that place of calm. Step three is really asking yourself what's keeping you from facing the pain And give yourself some love and compassion here. Remember, we're trying to rewire stuff. So you want positivity wired in as you think about that difficult thing. Step four, expose yourself to it. Do this gradually because you want to build incrementally on the progress. You don't want to start full on just right out the gate and then fail and get super down on yourself with the shame spiral. So be incremental. Step five, talk about it. If you don't feel comfortable talking, write about it. You have to get the stuff out of your body. It has to be dealt with. And so if you're talking about it or writing about it and tears start coming up, then you're doing the work correctly. And lastly, don't be afraid to get help. I'll say it until I'm blue in the face here. I am okay because of my therapist. I could not function in August of 2022 after weeks on and off in a hospital. It wrecked me. I mean, talking about that pain has been the secret to what got me through. It will help you too. And just so you know, a few days ago, just before recording this episode, I got a redo on that blood draw, the one at the very beginning of this episode that I told you was so awful. I needed to get a new panel for hormone testing. And so when I went in, I was prepared. I knew what could potentially happen with how my body might react to a blood draw. So I spent a lot of time trying to calm my body. I was there early. I sat in silence. And I told myself, no matter what comes up during this blood draw, I'm going to be okay. And I definitely shed some tears during it. (laughs) The lady that was doing the blood draw, I told her in advance, I was like, listen, this might be really hard for me. I might cry. And she's like, girl, you cry all you want. She's like, I'll cry with you. She's like, just don't pass out. (laughs) And I didn't. So I'm glad to say I didn't pass out. But I stayed calm and didn't have a full-on trauma trigger. I was really, really proud of myself. And I just said to myself again, okay, tears mean there's still something here for me to heal. So just remember, the trauma won't go away. All that's required of you is being ready to face it and heal. As you go through this week, I encourage you to shine your light, lead with your heart, and live life purposefully. I'm Laura Lowry, and this is Amstigator. <laughs>